it's an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two cousins who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. I'm Monica. And today we are talking about Hemlock Grove, Season 1, Episode 6, The Crucible. Um, disclaimer, this is going to be a, probably the shortest episode we're going to do. Yeah, full disclosure, we have a lot, not a lot to say about this podcast, or this episode of the show, because, um, it really wasn't that good. No, it was a lot of filler, a lot of, here's some things that you're going to probably need to know later on in the show, but done in the probably most boring fucking way, I think, ever. Yeah. So, this episode, like the rest of season one, was released on April 19th, 2013. It was directed by Darren Serafian and written by Daniel Page. Uh, Darren Serafian directed episodes two and three of this series of Hemlock Grove, which so far have been our least favorite. I think episode three was the one that we, like, for sure didn't like the most. So, I was already kind of going into it, like... Oh, great. Cool. Um, and the author, or like the writer of the teleplay, uh, Daniel Page, he doesn't have a ton of credits of like at all um, writing. He has maybe like 10 total. Um, he had, took a huge gap from writing from 2002 until he wrote this in 2013. So he didn't write a single thing for 11 years. And before that, the only significant thing he wrote was 14 episodes of Boy Meets World, which, while a bombshell, is not the same writing style as this at all. So I was like, great. So the writer's never written a horror show before. The director has the choppiest directing style we've seen so far. So uh, I'm prepared to hate this episode. And, uh, Lo and behold, we did. <laughs> did. Uh, so, our little blurb at the beginning of the episode. Peter and Roman follow Lisa Willoughby's trail to the steel mill where the, they, where the missing piece, oh, I missed a whole word, word when I copied it, where they find a missing piece of the puzzle. Christina's date goes poorly. That's the whole description. Which, um, honestly, yeah, pretty much, basically, that's the whole episode. We really don't have to say anything else, honestly. Um, that's the end of the Check out our channel. We start the episode with Olivia, break, or not breaking in, I guess, because she owns it, going into the abandoned steel mill, being real sketchy. Talking um, up chunky, chunky, placenta-looking yeah, stuff. It was, it was gross. Um... I literally wrote, what are you doing, girl? And and then when she called, because afterwards she calls um, Sheriff Swarton saying, we're going to need more patrol up here because, like, there's people breaking and entering, like, urban explorers or something. And after she hangs up the phone, she, like, wipes her corner of her lip from her, like, bloody whatever came out of her body and then eats it. Also, and this is just, like, a poor choice as a character. She went to an abandoned steel mill wearing all white. Not cute. No. And that place is dirty. It was gross. Um, and then that was the entire scene before the credits. So already starting off on not the best foot. Mm -hmm. 
so then um after the credits roman is being a little bitch like usual and complaining and he and peter are sitting outside lisa willoughby's house waiting for her family to leave so they can break into it and they're just roman's just whining about whatever roman's whining about and the only thing that was kind of funny was there was an old man walking down the street and Roman was like, what's wrong with that guy? And Peter was like, I don't know. He's just old. And Roman was like, gross. He was like disgusted by the idea of people getting old. Yeah. Which is kind of weird. Uh, also, there was another notable thing that um, Peter had said and he was like, so how old's your mom then? And he's like, I don't know why don't you ask her. Yeah. Peter's really, really digging into Olivia. Um, which, I, I mean... Peter started, like, Roman isn't the issue. He, I think he thinks that Olivia is. Well, obviously, like, Roman he, Roman is a new peer, whatever that means. Um, but, obviously, Peter met Olivia and was like, oh, right, you're not cool. So he's trying to find out more information. Um, yeah, so then they do, uh, Roman just decides he doesn't want to wait anymore, and they uh, go into the house, and they uh, mind compel Lisa's dad to just take a nap on the stairs while they break into her house to find the invitation, which... I don't know if we talked about that last week, but like one of the things that Destiny said in her little vision was that Lisa got an invitation to come to uh, Hemlock Grove and that's why she was there. So they were going to find the invitation. Um, and Lisa's sister finds them digging around Lisa's room and gives them the invitation and says a bunch of weird stuff um, about how her parents are handling Lisa's death. And her sister was, like, super weird. Yeah. Uncomfortable. Like, you, your sister just died. And... Yeah. And I think, like, I think they were, like, meant to show, like, that that's how she was dealing with the death because her parents were being, like, super overdramatic. And the last thing she said to her sister was, I hope, like they find you in a dumpster because she was mad at her sister. So like her way of dealing with the situation is to be angry at herself. But it was very, very poorly done. Oh yeah. Like, I don't, I, I feel so bad saying this, but whoever that girl was, it might've been the worst actress on the show so far. Oh yeah. And it also, I think it kind of, cause the thing is like with the writing behind it, it like, it, it, clearly, like, she didn't kill her sister, but it makes her look like if she said this shit to a cop, she'd be a prime suspect. Yeah, like, it was very, it was very sociopathic. It was not cute. It's um, not like how you deal with, how you would think people that are dealing with anger over a death would treat a situation. It's just like, it sounds like she hated her sister and wanted her dead. Which yeah. is like... I don't which, I mean, honestly, she might have because her parents are now more concerned about the dog than her. So, like, maybe. But, yeah. So, super weird. Then 
So they get the invitation. The invitation says that the party was at Castle Godfrey, which is um, some nickname. nickname for people having like ragers in the abandoned steel mill, which honestly, I would never go to a party inside that steel mill. No. Like, why not have it in the middle? If you're going to have a rager, throw it in the middle of a cornfield. Like, you're in Pennsylvania. Yeah, but, like, if they're, yeah, but they're in, they're on the west side of Pennsylvania, like, near Pittsburgh. It's, like, steel, like, that's why the Pittsburgh yeah. Steel called that, is because of where, like, steel country, they don't really have cornfields. So, I guess an abandoned steel mill is, like, the place. That's fair. Honestly, like, I'd rather have a rager in a Walmart parking lot than inside that steel mill. It was disgusting. And I don't think even at 17, I would have been down with it. This <laughs> is like, wait, you guys really want to go here to have fun? Yeah. So, Peter and Roman leave, and they are talking about what they're going to do and how serious they're taking the situation. And then Peter gets a text from Letha. And she says, I have something for you. And he lies to Roman about having to go home and see his mom. And then he goes to meet up with Letha. Um, yeah. The next scene is Olivia and Shelly go to the library. And I almost cried a little tiny bit because there was a bunch of little kids who got really scared of Shelly and one little boy peed his pants and the kids were all like screaming and it was awful and heartbreaking and I hated it. And I also didn't really tell anything in the story. So it was just awful and heartbreaking and terrible. It yeah, it's just like, it's like just hammering the fact home that Shelly's different and like we knew that. Right. From the yeah, like it did not add anything to the story. Except for to break my heart. <laughs> then, um, Olivia, turns out Olivia's at the library because she got basically every book that ever existed about Romani history and herbal medicine. And she's like going through all this stuff because she is trying to find. Make, either make or find a way to get yeah, a hold of those little I think yeah, I think she's desperately trying to find medicine without going through Linda, which honestly, at the, the point she's at, she's so desperate, she might as well just go to Linda, but like, what do I know? Mm -hmm. um, then we cut away from that to the general store, Froyo, whatever, where... Um, there's like two scenes kind of happening simultaneously. Um, the twins are trying to help Christina get ready for her date and they're being obnoxious 15 year olds. And then that girl who was secretly sleeping with Roman was trying to help Christina be herself. And it was nice. And then she said some really horrible things about the twins and it was funny. Um, mm -hmm. but he's like, she have matching tramp stamps too. Yeah, she was, like, telling Christina to, like, stay herself. She was, like, we already have two of them. We don't need three. Mm -hmm. So that was... Funny Moy. So yeah. she has, like, a white hair. And they're all trying to say, like, we, we re-dyed it. It's, like, comes back, like, zombie hair. Yeah. 
Um, so that was funny, but again, pointless. Um, Letha and Peter are eating froyo, and Letha is eating the nastiest combination of froyo I've ever seen because hashtag pregnancy cravings, and Peter's disgusted by it. Um, but she like gives all the information she has on Olivia, which basically is not a lot. Um, Olivia may or may not be crazy. Um, JR had a suicide note, which may or may not have actually been written by JR. Uh, and Olivia and JR had a baby that died before Roman was born. And honestly, that piece of information might have been the only useful piece of information we learned for the entire episode. 100%. Um, my next note just says the twins suck. Oh, yeah, because they were saying, oh, they were making fun of, um... Well, first Lisa. they were, first, before they even started making fun of Letha and Peter, they were, like, talking about Chris, to Christina about what outfit she needed to buy and what she needed to wear and how she needed to do her hair for the, um, her date, and, like, they were just being, like, super, like, mean girls, and I hated it, and then they started making fun of Letha for being pregnant, and, um, Peter... Yeah, yeah, and they said that um, the baby would need, uh, like, tick medicine. And then he was going to have kettle cough. Yeah, it was horrible. And then Christina got, like, really uncomfortable, and she was like, oh, my grandmother's waiting for me across the street and just leaves. Which then turned out to not be a lie, because the next scene, her and her grandma are at the library, so that was kind of weird. So she just, like... Maybe just was like, I'm going to make it look like I'm panicky, but then, like, it's actually going to be through. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't really understand that because I thought she was lying for panicking, but then she was actually at the library with her grandma, so she wasn't lying. So, like, I don't have any idea what that was about. And if I can't understand what a scene was about, probably bad writing. Um, then Olivia passes out, faints at the library. Um, then we go to Norman and Francis. Yes. And Norman is like, hey, do you feel like you're going to hurt yourself or um, other people? Because, like, I want to let you out of here. And Francis was like, yeah, that would make you feel real effing great if you let me out of here, wouldn't it? Uh, then I wouldn't be your problem. And then he started listing all these weird things. And he was talking about the baby in the blood pouch um, and a river of blood and a wolf being born from a dragon's egg. And the only reason I What was that? Basic. It was just basically a lot of cryptic shit. Yeah, it was. Um, but the one thing that I took a note of was the dragon egg thing because it comes back up later in the episode. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I really didn't really understand what he was saying, except for that he said H. Varga was another patient. He gave a name like H. Dot Varga. So I wrote a question mark with that. Then um, 
Norman was like, I'm not trying to hurt you. I just want to help you. I just want to help someone. And he said, if you want to help someone, make it go away. That's what Francis said. And I just wrote a question mark after that and wrote, is he talking about Letha's baby? A hundred percent. Yeah, but like, I don't know what he means by that. So that was, I don't know. Then Olivia, after she faints, apparently she calls Norman instead of Roman. And Norman comes and gets her and takes her and Shelly home. And Olivia is like trying to get him to stay. She's being all like seductive. And then Roman is like, bro, why didn't you call me? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And Roman takes Norman back to the car and crushes Olivia's hopes and dreams. Um, then Roman and Norman are, oh, wait. Then it shows Shelly upstairs in her room screaming and ripping a That's book apart. It was some heavy. Yeah, it was like, it was super metal. But also, I don't know what she was angry about. I, cause, I think because she kind of heard Norman and Olivia's conversation. I could see them being really close. And I feel like she, with the fact that she's been confiding in Norman about how pretty much batshit crazy Olivia is and he, him not seeing it and being really close with her, she probably feels betrayed because in the message probably. it sounds like... No, that probably makes sense. I didn't know if it was her mom or Norman or the kids at the library or what. Because Shelly doesn't have the ability to speak. Mm -hmm. And, like, we only get her point of view from her notes to Norman, which I don't know how many more of those we're going to have after Dr. Price told her to stop telling him things. Now it's at a point where, like, we're trying to cryptically understand her feelings. And I hate it. Um... Roman, the, and now with the fact that like Dr. Price, t the fact that Dr. Price had even told her to not trust him, and now the fact that she can see that in a way like he pretty much showed her like that that's, she can't. That's true. She definitely like he definitely confirmed Dr. Price's stuff by being all up in Olivia's business, and that probably like hurt her. Yeah, which sucks because Shelly just needs to not get treated like. Fuck garbage um then roman and norman are driving home or driving norman back to his car and they're having a conversation about letha and being pregnant and like what really happened and everything and i have to say i don't know if it was an acting choice or a directing choice but it was the least incesty roman has ever sounded talking about letha Mm -hmm. Like, he just genuinely sounded like he was worried about her and not like he wanted to bone her. So I was like, thumbs up for that moment. And that is that it doesn't last very long. No, no, I was really proud of him. And then about five minutes later, I was not anymore. Um, <laughs> it's like, you gotta teach Roman how to not be incesty. Um, then it shows Christina in the car with the boy that she went on a date with. I think his name is Tyler. Um, and 
My note just says, honestly, that was kind of cute. Like, I know we don't like Christina, but, like, the awkward, like, conversation you have in the car after a date when it was a bad movie and you don't know what to talk about, so you're just kind of, like, giggling at stuff, but, like, super, like, don't know how to flirt because you're 15. Like, that was so real, and I felt it, and I I kind of loved it. Oh, like... Like, I liked the fact that they gave her a date to try and, like, give her some aspect of normal, because, well, Christina hasn't had anything normal, and, like, I still hate her. This isn't me taking back my feelings for her. I still fucking hate her. Um, but it was nice. Be- but here's the thing, is that for clearly for plot purposes, this scene is here because we still know jack shit about Christina, and we have to have some kind of relationship with this character, because she's supposed to mean something. Yeah, and I think it was, it was nice that they kind of, like, made her, sorry, a bug just pulled my face, kind of, like, made her human for, like, a minute, especially because, oh, I forgot to mention this when we were talking about the title of the episode, the episode was called The Crucible, and so Monica and I both, as soon as we saw the title, were like, oh, it's gonna be about witches, so I thought, like, yes, it's gonna confirm my theory that Christina's a witch, and then the episode did focus on her a lot, but it never actually did anything about witchcraft in the end. Yeah, and it also, like, just didn't even talk about witchcraft at all. Hey, if you ain't sitting, Jesus died for nothing. Well, that was so rude. (laughs) Also, the way the light is hitting my head, it looks like I should have my head shaved again, and it's throwing me off because that's not the side of my head I shaved this is. Um, I have to shave my underhead again, or my undercut. I don't know why I called it my underhead. It's I have to shave my underhead. <laughs> um, uh, also, really bad. Like, my back hurts, so fuck it. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, Zoom meetings... Um, and international internet connections means that sometimes we have massive technical difficulties. But as we were saying, there's nothing about witches in this episode at all. Nothing. I think the only thing that was um, I saw witchcraft ever brought in was when um, Olivia was doing her research on the Roman culture and said witchcraft on a book. Right. Yeah, and, like, even if, okay, so The Crucible was actually, like, it's written, the play's about witchcraft, but it's actually about, like, the Red Scare and the communists, and, like, it's about, like, falsely accusing someone, but, like, even the characters that, like, that would apply to aren't in this episode. Like, Clementine isn't in the episode at all, Christina has no interaction with Peter and Roman, like... I didn't, I don't, I fully do not understand why they used, yeah, I fully do not understand why they used The Crucible to title this episode. Unless the past two um, episodes have been, like, kind of missing the mark. Unless, let's see, what is a crucible other than, like, the play? What is it? I shall. Let's see, what does the Google tell me? Okay. Um...
A situation of severe trial or in which different elements interact leading to the creation of something new? Well, I mean, maybe, but like Christina already had her, um, we already knew Christina was messed up in the head unless like her interaction with on her date with how poorly it went like brought her to like a new level of woe for her mental state, but like that's probably the only thing I could apply it to. Yeah. Or like honestly, be fighting about Olivia, but the only thing that I could think of that also be would be like Roman and Peter fighting at the end of the episode, which we'll get to. But like, but also like none of those are solid enough connections for that to be the name. Yeah, for sure. So, still super unconvinced but okay so after the date we go back to norman's office and he is trying to do some of the googling and he is looking up this company that is supposedly going to buy him out of godfrey which doesn't exist it's a city in israel was the most he could find about it um, but he did find that the person that Francis had been talking about is dead and they died with a note in their pocket that said, today I've seen the dragon. Which Proving that Francis is not a crazy lunatic and that he, there is some sense to his madness in how he phrases his things. There's definitely sense to his madness, but I wouldn't rule out him being a crazy lunatic. That's fair. That's fair. Um, then we get... Oh, then as he's looking at that stuff on the internet, he gets a bunch of really horrible, nasty texts from his wife about how he messed up the paint for the nursery and it's the wrong color and the wrong type of paint or whatever. And he just gets so frustrated with how boring and awful and horrible his wife is that he calls Olivia for a bone fest. And now, mind you, after this scene, we go back to Christina's date with uh yeah so they had yeah tyler so they had these flashback like these flash side by sides going back and forth between the most innocent awkward can barely sit next to each other date and then these two people like dropping bourbon on the floor and ripping things off desks to like have horribly uncomfortable intercourse yeah, and like I think this is the most graphic uh, sex scene that has been in the show s- so far. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yep. Except that Olivia was full, like she was wearing like lingerie that never came off. So like there was like, no, there was no naked chest. Yeah, you could see like Norman's legs and his chest, but Olivia was wearing lingerie. But like. The things that were being said were the... Oh, yeah. The actual act was egregious. Um, yeah, and then 
because now me and Mary Kate have started watching the episodes together off of Zoom, so I'm kind of just sitting here like. Yeah, it's definitely not something I would recommend watching with your family. Um, no. Or children. Definitely yeah. don't watch this with children. Um, or like at all, just don't watch this episode. <laughs> just skip the episode because you'll still probably make, like you'll still have the same amount of information in the next episode. Probably, yeah. Um, then Roman and Peter are walking around the mill and we see the um, the Bassamers, the old, the big, like the tunnels. And I immediately was like, oh man, Christina's flashback that she had at the beginning of episode two was at the mill knew it as soon as I saw the inside of the mill I was like got it which we then it's confirmed because Christina is telling Tyler about the time that she snuck into the mill and all the things that she did and all of the like and all this crazy stuff about the history of the mill and it being cursed and everything and then she calls the Bessemer a black dragon egg so like connection to Francis's craziness um, then they start doing, oh God, it was such, do you ever just know someone's so much of a loser that you like don't know how to feel for them? Because then they started doing the mirror game, which is a theater warm-up exercise, which is how they apparently met. Um, in drama class. First of all, how they started it was he laughed and he called her hair piece cool, like the piece of her hair cool. And then, literally no context, Christina gets up and goes, and I'm like, what the fuck? What? <laughs> We're just gonna jump into this? Like, why? Um, it reminded me of, um, so I recently watched Lady Bird for the first time, and it reminded me of how all the theater kids, like, played theater games and, like, genuinely enjoyed it and thought that they were so cool while they were doing it. Um, like, and as a theater kid who at one point thought the theater was really, really, really cool, um, and now the theater's not amazing. Like, I love theater. I love everything it has brought to my life. I love everyone I know who is in theater, like, no disrespect, but high school theater warm-up games should never be defined as cool. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Not. Nope. And not to be done on a date as a way to flirt. Oh my god. That's the part that gets me. I'm like, you're flirting with this guy we're playing the mirror game. Like, who? What? Huh? But as okay. they were playing the mirror game, I realized he's gonna try to kiss her and the last time Christina kissed anybody, it was a dead body, so that's not going to go well. I was not wrong. Um, she, uh, this is not in order, but I'll just finish this because then we don't have to talk about these two anymore. She, in fact, does kiss him and get a flashback. She could, they kiss for a bit, and then, like, she gets, like, triggered, like, maybe, like, a minute or so, like, into the kiss. It's, like, the first time she looks at his face 
after she kisses him, she doesn't see his face. She sees the face of the corpse. And then the corpse talks to her and she screams and just starts scratching the ever loving shit out of this poor kid's face. I genuinely, like, I don't know if you could see me like freaking out while I was watching it because I genuinely thought she was going to rip his entire face off. Like I didn't know where it was going to stop. I thought he was going to die. Bloody very quickly. Yeah. And I don't know how much of the bloody was his actual face being bloody or the flashbacks she was having to the body, but like it was not cute. And, um, Obviously, I don't know what's going to happen in the next episode, but if I were that kid, I would never talk to her again. I'd be like, you're, you fucking screw. Like, I get you went through some shit, but bitch, you, hello? You almost got um, my eyes out. But my favorite part about that was, the note that I took was, um, remember how I said that the combination of drugs that they put her on causes hallucinations? Ain't that the goddamn truth? Still don't know if that's actually part of the plot or just me knowing more about medicine than these writers. But um, yeah, if I kissed someone and saw a dead body instead of the person I was kissing, I'd be hella worried about my mental health. Yeah. Um, anyway, then we go back to Peter and Roman in the... Uh, mill, and they're freaking out, and Peter and Roman split up, and they're looking for something, and um, then they don't find anything, and then eventually they, like, realize something smells really bad, and I was like, oh my god, no, but I was right, it was, in fact, the other half of Lisa Willoughby's body, um, and as they're trying to figure out what they're going to do about said other half of Lisa Willoughby's body, the cops show up. And Peter thinks he's like to argue with Peter about Lisa. Yeah. And Peter's like, dude, she's your cousin. I'm not trying to bone her. Like, I'm your friend. And Roman is like, if I knew you were into pregnant ladies, I would have just hooked you up. And Peter's like, can we not do this right now? Like, bro. Like the cops are like going whoop, whoop, outside, and you're over here. Why are you trying to fuck like that? And Roman's like, I just don't like secrets. I'm like, you are the most secretive person I think in the show. Um, then Roman Peter's like, please just do it. Like, just do it. And he's talking about what does he call it? The roofy eye thing. Yeah, he call he calls it his roofy eye thing. Um, so. Roman goes outside to talk to the cops and Peter's sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting for Roman to convince the cops to go away. But instead of using his uh, magic vampire powers, he lets himself get arrested. Mm-hmm. But the cops don't look for Peter because they're like, oh, well, fuckface has no friends. Direct quote. Um, so they take... Roman away, and Peter is like, F, what am I supposed to do? He goes to drive, like, take Roman's car and leave, only Roman has the keys to his car on him, so he is stuck, and it's about to be a full moon, and he's freaking out, and he thinks Roman did it on purpose. Um, and then he goes back inside the mill, 
and he goes and he searches the part of the mill that Roman looked at while they were separated to see what Roman didn't show him because at this moment he's not exactly trusting Roman and he finds this room that is just absolutely covered in blood and then on the ceiling there was blood splatter that um it kind of looked like a dragon it also kind of looked like a phoenix it wasn't 100 percent sure like my brain first went to phoenix because of the bird shape but based on all the dragon symbolism in the show so far like that could also be and then um he said something in romanian or romani and that's the end of the episode and so i googled what it meant and uh the direct translation was um a thousand wheels so basically it was just like a random thing you say out of shock or surprise and it doesn't actually mean anything and uh yeah so that was the end of the episode yeah um as you can see not the most exciting episode this show has to offer yeah i think it took uh, us literally 20 minutes to do that entire recap of a 45 minute episode and it usually yeah, takes us almost an hour and it, there's just not enough to talk about. There wasn't enough to sit here and, like, analyze. Or, they didn't really give us new information. They're just kind of, like, confirming things that we had talked about. Yeah. I, like, yeah. I usually take about three to four pages of notes, and I took a page and a half. It just, it wasn't great. And it makes me nervous that I'm already starting to feel like it wasn't great halfway into the first season. And I hope that it's just like a mid-season slump kind of thing and not that like this is where we're headed because if this is where we're headed, it's going to be a rough, rough rest of the year trying to do this podcast. Oh, yeah, 100%. And on top of that, the the fact that um, is I was going to try and give it some benefit of the doubt with like the, the mid-season like low where it's like sometimes I feel plateau because I have to keep it going for so long. Like, there are shows that I've seen, and, like, Hemlock Grove has so much material. So many things that they could go off of and explain in depth more without it being weird and cryptic, like, always. Um, like, they, they, I don't think they could, they would need to have a mid-season slum. Yeah. Like, because there is so much to work with. Like, this episode could have been focused on, you know, the real reason why Shesor could be there, or, like, things like that. And Oh, Dan, stable. She's hallucinating. Oh, we found Lisa Willoughby's other half of the body. Roman's starting to look a little cool. All yeah. things we've been past three to five episodes. Like, yeah. And granted, so I just Googled when Netflix started doing original content, and it was in 2013. So this is one of the very, very first shows that Netflix yeah. ever did as an original show. So I appreciate that there are kinks in working that out, but Netflix doesn't have a set schedule. Like network TV often runs into things where they have mid-season slumps because they're contracted to have 24 episodes a season, but their story arc really could be done in 21. Mm -hmm. Netflix doesn't have that. Netflix has... Netflix. You put as many episodes up as you want. Most Netflix shows have between six and 12 episodes in a season. This has 13 
and if they they could have done it in 10 i'm guessing based on how this is was and i'm not really sure the next two are going to be any better and season two and three are only 10 episodes so i'm hoping it was just that like this is all new and we're trying to figure out how to do netflix yeah because yeah april 2013 this is literally in probably the first 10 original shows netflix ever did So maybe we're just maybe we're just seven years later spoiled by better Netflix shows. Like yeah, but like, ugh, ugh. (laughs) This is just a real rough one to watch. It was. Um, like we usually finish the episode and get really really excited about getting like starting to record and talking about it to you guys. But we both, we literally started talking about going to sleep when we're done recording before we started recording and whether or not we were washing our hair today. That's how bored this, boring this episode was. Mm-hmm. 100%. Because normally we'll start talking a little bit about it and then we go, okay, wait, wait, we have to stop because we have to start recording it. And uh, then no. kind of just stared at each other or like, well, that was a thing. Yeah. Anyway, I think I'm going to sleep when we're done recording. <laughs> literally. Literally. We were talking about how long it takes our hair to dry. I wish I was kidding. But instead oh. of talking about this episode, we were talking about how long it takes our hair to dry. I don't think we're recording at that point. Because so say, yeah, throw a clip in here. But we don't think we're recording yet. We might have been. If we were, I will uh, splice that in so you guys can see how effing bored we were. Um... But who should we punch this episode? Shit, fucking everyone. <laughs> right. Um, I'm having a tough time because I feel like Olivia really, really, really deserves it. But this is the first time since the beginning of the op- like the se- season, that I genuinely think Roman needs to get punched in the face. Oh, yeah, because he's being super possessive and a total little dick. And even when, he, even when he wasn't being mad about Letha, like, at the beginning of the episode, he was just, like, mad at old men for existing and, like, questioning everything. Like, the first eight lines he said in this episode was, what if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? What if this goes wrong? It was, like, shut up. It felt like Peter just, like, shut the hell up. Yeah. So I would solidly like to punch Roman. I'll agree with you on that one. Oh, my saving grace. I would also like to punch the twins, just for yeah. existing. Um, You're gonna be shocked by saving grace for this oh, episode. Please tell me, because I haven't decided who mine is yet. I think because of the fact that. For story purposes, not because I like the character. For story purposes only. Letting us kind of, like, people who don't have their set ways about Christina, to understand. Listen, this is not me backing down on my statement. I still hate her. 
I still hate her. But what the... And that just goes to show how much this episode sucked. I'm picking Christina as a saving grace for this episode. Just because of the fact about her date gave us a little bit more insight as who she is as a character when she's supposed to be someone who's really big, apparently, in the story. And we know nothing about. That's the only reason. You know, my saving grace... Um... I love that you picked Christina. I'm living for that. But my saving grace is going to be Jenny for, oh. telling, for telling Christina that she was beautiful the way she is because this episode was so boring that a three-minute scene of empowering a teenage girl to feel beautiful the way she is was literally the only thing I liked about the whole episode. Can I change mine and agree with you on that just so I don't have to say Christina's I say it? The only story purposes, not because of her character. Oh, I still yeah. hate her. That's, I mean, I still don't understand her, and I don't want to hate her until I understand her, but I don't like her either. Um, I hate her. She, there's something wrong with her. And I, listen, she might have kissed a corpse, and maybe that's what did it. But here's the thing. I also still don't fucking like her. Uh, do you have any new predictions from the information we received this episode? I'm going to just say, watch last week's episode. Predictions are the same because we didn't learn anything else. Yeah, we learned absolutely nothing worthy of predicting anything. Um, any of the characters that normally we have like big questions about or predictions about weren't even in the episode this week. So... Um, my prediction is that next week's episode will uh, not be any better. And that hurts my soul. Here's the thing. Even if it is good, we're going to keep expectations low because the past two episodes have been a little bit rough to watch. Wasn't last week the one that we thought was like the best one so far? No, it was episode four, I think. Yeah, because... It Last episode, remember I told him like, I literally had to fall asleep while I was watching it because... No, last week was the episode where Roman cut his chest at the end and we had all that stuff. That was actually... Also, side note, they never picked up with where they ended that episode off. Like, everyone turned around looked shocked. And then... Just fuck that. They, and we and I know for a fact that it's not like they messed up the order or something because when Olivia's flirting with Norman, she says, I had a vision of when you punched that man and it wasn't bad. Like, so it obviously happened after the gala. Yeah, but I don't know. They clearly didn't see anything. Fucking, we're not going to talk about the girl that probably ran down screaming covered in blood. And then Roman probably following after her with a ripped open chest. Like, also, did Roman's chest heal? Do we know what happened? Like, we don't. The writers must not have seen the last episode, and they were just like, "Oh, that's interesting." Well, we're going to do this this episode. The writer of the novel is still like the EP on the show. Don't you think he would like want them to do his book better than this? I don't even. Uh, dude, I can't. <laughs> yeah um that's all we have to say this was i'm so sorry if you have listened to our entire podcast thus far slash watched it um thank you 
for supporting us. Thank you for sticking with us. Please um, continue to stick with us, even if you don't watch the show, because honestly, at this point, I don't even know why we're watching the show anymore. Um, it's so just, sad to say I'm episodes in. I know. It, I, oh, I should have looked at the Rotten Tomatoes score before I put this on a list of shows for us to do. I the only thing I do remember there was one girl that I worked with at Dairy Queen who was like super obsessed and she would come in every day and be like, oh my gosh, did you watch the, the next episode of Hemlock Grove? And she was like obsessed with it. So I pretended I knew what she was talking about. Um, but she was insane and like ran away to another state and left her children in New York and like just disappeared and was like actually a psychopath. So I, she loved it, which means it was probably trash. do with that information but okay <laughs> yeah believe me i didn't know what to do with it when i got called in to come to work at 8 a.m because she was our 8 a.m cake person and uh uh she was gone and nobody knew where she was and they were like hey can you cover uh the 8 a.m drive through because nobody else can do breakfast i was like oh uh sure <laughs> Man, that place, I have stories for days, but I'm not gonna put them in the public eye. Um, uh, yeah, anyway, on that note, thank you for supporting us. Thank you for continuing to watch this podcast. Uh, if you would like to, um, I don't know, beg us to stop, uh, give us, ideas on ways that we could maybe make this horrible show more palatable for ourselves. Uh, a drinking game maybe that like I could do to then see how intoxicated I am by the time I'm done recording the podcast. I got one. How about we take a shot every time Roman acts like a creepy and susty little bitch. I would like to keep my liver, thanks. <laughs> deathandaliens at gmail.com uh, send me messages or hate mail on Twitter or Instagram uh, that's mksuperstar e-m-k-a-y underscore superstar and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter my Instagram is monica.lin underscore and my Twitter is hold on please pardon no, um, I mean, the, I, oh. yeah, oh, it's, it's not just no, I'm gonna need you to repeat that whole thing because the computer glitched and I got uh, follow me on Twitter at and then a giant pause. <laughs> okay, all right, you can um, follow me on my Instagram at monica.lin underscore and then follow my Twitter at moni m o n i e underscore. L-Y-N-N, double underscore because someone stole my identity. I want my identity back. And I I'm want, not letting this go. I, I, I want to watch a show that doesn't suck, but here we are. See you <laughs> next Bye, guys.